Uh, welcome to another edition of the CarCast, episode 59. Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro, hoping once again that we uh, don't have to battle for our lives on the commute home from the AAC after a pretty exciting Stars-Coyotes game, which really, really became exciting, Sean, in the final 20 minutes. Uh, most exciting third period we've seen this season, maybe? I think from a, it's from, up there. From a pure entertainment standpoint, I know there's... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Stars, for the second time this year against the Coyotes, scored a three-goal barrage in a very short window. I think the first one was about 90 seconds, mm-hmm. first in the opener, uh, and they went from 0-0 to 3-0 and won the hockey game, and then it was kind of ho-hum in the third. This time, the third period was the exciting part, where Dallas scored three times in a minute 11, 71 seconds. Yep. We'll get to that. Yeah. But it was exciting, and then Arizona did the same. So let's go back to the first period. I don't think the Stars were poor in the first period, but I, I'll tell you what. The Coyotes, for all their injuries and missing some pretty key guys on all three aspects, forward, D, and goaltending, mm-hmm. they work really hard. And I give that some credit to the coaching staff for what they've been able to accomplish with what they have. This is a team that's not going to go quietly into uh, postseason irrelevance. Well, the, the Coyotes to me are a really. The Coyotes to me are the team that plays the right way. I think, I think Tockett's done a really good job. Um, I think they play the right way. They do a lot of things that are. They're just missing that. They're missing that top end. They're missing that star power. That's really what they're missing. They don't right. really have. Ekman Larson's a great player, but you, they're missing that. That they don't have the. They don't have the Jamie Benz or a Jamie Ben or a Tyler Shaken. They don't have that type of player. Um, kind of leading the offensive charge. And to me, that's where if the Coyotes were to ever add a player like that, they could be a really dangerous team. And I think you just get some of their guys healthy. I that's mean, true. Christian Dvorak, Nick Schwaltz, uh, Jacob Chikrin, Auntie Ronza, the goalie, their starter, their number one, just to name a few. I'm, I'm missing a couple. Jason Demers on the blue line. Um, yeah, all, all, Brad all, Richardson, another role player. Oh, that's the thing. All good players that would make them a better team. Just make they, them more they, balanced. Yeah, they just don't have that. They're just a team kind I of. I think their guy is, is Galchenyuk and Keller, or they're two and they up, could, up front. And they could be there. And, and I'll tell you what, there. Galchenyuk is a great player. I, I, player. I'll tell you, he's not available. He was last year. If the Stars could add Galchenyuk to their top six right now, I think that would be fabulous. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean. Yeah. Look at what they could do. They could have Galchenik and Ben, or Galchenik and Radulov. They loved playing together in, in Montreal. Ben and Sagan. I mean, they were, uh, however, Galchenik and, and Radulov were, were talking in the tunnel after the game. They're buddies. They, yeah. They're huge. They really liked playing each other, or playing with each other in Montreal. We're um, playing together. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get get into the recap because Sean, for the because of the craziness, I for the first time in 59 car casts. I'm looking at a box score when we talk about this. Always from memory. Tonight, it's not the only time we've had this crazy one, but because of the third period, I feel like my brain's on scramble mode. Yeah. So I want to go back and make sure we get this right. First period was Oliver ekman Larson's goal. It was a four-on-four goal, which came seconds after Tyler Sagan nearly put the Stars in front on a great feed from Klingberg one-timer from the left circle, and Darcy Kemper made a great save. Yep. Rush, uh, absolutely horrendous change by Alexander Regulov. 
Yeah, it led to a three-on-two counterattack the other way. And I... Yes, it was... Okay, bad change. Terrible change. Really want to credit the Coyotes three-on-two because... Oh, I'm not they taking that credit away. They moved the puck, bing, 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 and they did so by laterally moving it, so it made Bishop have to go side-to-side mm-hmm. a couple times. And... Not, Ekman Larson scores as Bishop's trying to get to the far posts. Pretty nice finish, but yeah, what, what are you doing there? Nice, nice finish, but Radulov with the change that looks like me when you play beer league and you're trying to steal to keep the, not get the minus. Right. Dennis Karyanov gets on the ice and gets the minus because by chasing a by, three on yeah, two. By yeah. Right. Just that was, and, and that's and really Dallas should have been down two nothing at the end of the first period. Mira Heishkin had had kind of a rough game, which we haven't seen much out of the 19-year-old. Jim Montgomery said he just thinks he's tired. Um, but he had a really bad giveaway um, that led right to a three-on-one with less than a minute remaining. Ben Bishop made probably his, maybe his biggest save of the night. He made some big saves late, but 2 nothing at the end of the first period, that's the type of goal that could be a real backbreaker. Huge right. save by yeah, Bishop I on mean, the three-on-one. The three-on-one was on, yeah. that was on Henestroza. Yes. But before that, Sean... There was a two-on-one where Richard Panic had a shot, and they defended it well. But they actually forced Shooter to go goalie. Yeah. Bishop makes the save, and then Hinnestrosa sweeps the rebound wide. I mean, they had two really good odd man rushes after the so three in the first period. That's more than the Stars typically give up in a hockey game, and I, that's part of the reason why I was impressed with the Coyotes' play. Yeah, Stars they played at speed. Stars very good rush team defense typically, and tonight they Coyotes got caught, especially yeah. in the first. Yes. Go to the second period. First penalty on the Coyotes for dumping the puck into the crowd was Kempe, I believe. That was the the second penalty. That was the second delay of game penalty. So anyway, they had one before that, which was... I'm going to have to check it now because I want to get it right. Second period was... No, it was Kempe. Suck it. (laughs) Carcass talk. (laughs) Um, Kempe was in the second, and in the third period, it was the Jalmerson delay of game. So, anyway, as I rub it in, Ropehant scores a power play goal on a middle lane drive redirection from a really nice hard centering feed by Jason Spezza. And that second unit scored not once but twice in the game tonight. That was a 20-game NHL goalless drought for Ropehant. His last goal was a shutout buster, third period, November 21st in Pittsburgh, when the Penguins were already up five to nothing, and Bruce has talked about this on our post-game show on the radio a bunch, he's referenced this game. He thinks that was the only time this season the Stars went into the third period without a chance to win a hockey game. I mean, there there have been times where we've been down, but still maybe had and then had a blah it's a, third. It's, it's a fair. But five nothing. That was. They totally, that's a fair. I mean, that's a fair case. Right. But anyway, yeah. his first goal in 20 NHL games. It felt longer because he had a strength of AHL yeah, games yeah, in yeah. there, too, where he scored quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But big for him because that line with Richie and Gurionov really has the makings of a, of a, a momentum changer, especially with the matchups they can sometimes get mm-hmm. as they, the fourth line. In the second line, the second power play unit tonight with uh, Hins, Gurionov, Spezza, uh, Hishkin, and Foxa, they were the uh, the golden child of power play units going all the way back to Morning Skate this morning. Let's talk about that yes. for a moment. Um, morning Skate this morning, Jim Montgomery was not pleased with the first power play unit. They were doing a drill, and he at one point, basically, he kicked them off the ice. 
He told them to get off the ice. Yeah, like, told them to get out of the, the – so right after the team portion yeah. of a morning skate, they typically – not always, but typically yeah. break into power play time. The first unit will play, and then they'll switch to the second. Sometimes they'll go back and forth a couple of times. They had one puck in, in, in live action, mm-hmm. made a mistake, puck clopped out, and, and Montgomery had had it. Said, had it. take off. And yeah. Basically, I don't know if he threw him off the ice, but he said, get out of here. They yeah. brought the second unit in. The first unit, a bunch of the guys were down at the other end doing shooting pucks yeah. and doing individual stuff. But that was it. They didn't give him another rep. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was. Uh, he was not happy with them this morning, and then tonight he, uh, he he didn't go out to single out the first unit, but basically gave all the credit to the second unit for getting them going. And they did score two goals. They did. And Hints then, in the second yeah. mm-hmm. to make it one-one. Yes. And then again in the third period, yes. the Foxy goal. It was actually after a Klingberg goal. We'll get to that in a minute. Yes. But our old buddy from the AHL and the Dallas Stars, Kevin Connaughton, Sean. Yes. He loves playing against the Stars. Fourth goal in 12 games against Dallas since being claimed off waivers by the Coyotes a few years back when Lindy Ruff was still the head coach. His shot from the point, I thought initially it was tipped by Lawson Kraus, but it turned out it went off of Pollock's yep. tip. And it's 2-1. to one. That was at the halfway point of the second period. No more goals after that, so it was 2-1 going into the third. Yep. Uh, and Kevin Connaughton's a great guy. Uh, I've known him for a while. You've known him since the yeah. AHL time. We always try to make a point to say hello to him when we can. Um, and you know what? If it's not against the Stars, I'm cheering for him. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's. Uh, I actually, uh, <laughs> whatever he's. I did. I went through and I was curious today. I went through and tried to dig up the. Uh, unfortunately, the link is dead. But the old story from when uh, he got traded to Dallas back in 2013. Oh and, yeah, yeah. From the, the Chicago uh, Wolves. And he, he had never. He didn't clean out his apartment. So. Because he went right, he joined the star, the he Texas was, Stars right away. He was he was in San Antonio with the Wolves when he was traded to Texas, and so he went yeah. right to Austin. Mm-hmm. And, and then in his apartment back in Chicago, and then Stars went back to, uh, then they went back up. They had a game in April back up in Chicago. It was like he, a month later, wasn't it? Was it? Like a month later, it was in April, um, and it was actually the uh, playoff. Uh, I think it was the playoff series in Milwaukee. Was that the first time he that got was a the first, Yeah, the playoff series in Milwaukee. It was a regular season game. might have first. been. I, either, either way. It was a he, long he, gap yeah. between the last yes. time he was in his apartment and in he, Chicago and, and we returned to get some of his stuff. He had to return some of his stuff, and the fridge was uh, it was a bit of a science experiment. Yeah, mold everywhere, and uh-huh. uh, it happens. All right, yeah. third period, Sean. Stars are down 2-1. to one. They have not had a lot of success this season, nope. rallying from a deficit going into the third period. They d- had done it once before in Vancouver. On December 1st. They've now done it twice. Yes. And it, thanks to a huge spurt of power play time, partly because of the... So the, I guess we've talked about the Brett Ritchie hit yeah. off the air. Let's yeah. talk about it briefly on the air and then get to that because we're almost jumping past it. Ritchie hits Goligoski behind the Arizona net with a couple of minutes left in the second period and receives a five-minute major in a game misconduct. Obviously, when there's a hit like that, there's a lot of conversation that goes, and we, you know, open up ourselves by throwing out an opinion mm-hmm. on so on Twitter, and people take sides. Yeah. So let let's have it. What's your thought? I thought it was the right punishment for the crime. I thought it was. I thought it was a major. I thought it was a bad hit. I realized it wasn't 
the intent wasn't to be a bad hit, but it's also, um, it was still a bad hit. The intent wasn't there. It's just like if you get in a car accident right now, you didn't intend to get into a car accident. You still did the crime. Um, I think you need to, to expand on that. Getting in a car accident <laughs> not, doesn't necessarily uh, mean it's your fault. If you mean you drove and crashed into a... Uh, if I rear-end this person in front of us. If you, well, let's not do that. But no, if but you that, did, that, that's what it I is. was going to say if you smashed into the window of a fast food drive through it's probably your fault. Yes, but if I rear-end the person in front of us right now, right. and I'm not going to do that, but if I did, that would I be... don't like where this that, is going. That would be my fault, even if I didn't mean to do it. And I still would have to pay that person, pay to get that person's car fixed, probably get a ticket. I would still have to pay the crime. There was no intent. There was no intent for me to run into this person in front of us, and I'm not going to. I, well, but, if, but if I did, yes. but if I did, that would be that I. It would be a fair punishment, even though if I said I didn't mean to do it. Brett Ritchie did not mean to run his face into the boards. Did not mean for his knee to hit the back of his head. But that's what happened. Therefore. It was boarding. It was the proper punishment. I thought a five-minute major was the right call. I understand. I know you and I talked about you don't like the fact that he had to do the game. I understand where you're coming from, but I didn't have a problem with it being a game pet misconduct. I don't think it's a suspension, but I think it was I think it was a fair punishment to fit the crime. Okay. I can see that side of it. Here's my take on it. There's a difference between accidentally rear-ending somebody and intentionally driving your road rage vehicle into the back of another car. Well, and that would That's lead to a suspension. Where it, it changes what you're doing. And that would lead to a suspension right. okay. of my license. Hold on. I don't want that. And so I'm not here's, going to do that. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> Richie's play was there was no malicious intent whatsoever. He was going to to play where he's been effective, which is physical, finishes checks, and do so in a legal manner. Where it turned into a penalty was because he was trying to make a play on the puck, and Goligoski knocked it behind the net in front of him into space. So he was going to try to skate after it and get away from, from Richie. Richie's stick goes, as he's going for the puck, doesn't get it, and catches the skates of Goligoski, and that forces the, the former Stars defenseman to lose his balance, lose an edge, and then fall into the boards. If he doesn't do that, Richie's momentum takes a hit in a non, in a legal way, because they said, oh, he hit him in the numbers. I don't think it was the contact was going to be in the numbers had he not had his stick go in there. It probably would have been an okay hit. He probably would have thumped him in the end wall. Play on, we're fine. And obviously, Goligoski probably doesn't suffer an injury. Because of that, I do believe it was a penalty. I think it was more of an unfortunate coming together as far as the sequence of events. He trips him, he makes contact, Goligoski's falling down. Now, he, instead of getting hit into the boards in a, a less vulnerable way, he gets driven in. There, there's Again, it's not as though he extended his arms and shoved his head. It's it just he hit him as he was falling, and it went awkward. That is boarding. Okay, The same hit that is legal against the boards, two feet away where a guy goes face first, turns into boarding. I don't think that it merited a game misconduct. I'd be okay with a four-minute double minor or even a five-minute major standalone. The NHL rulebook has changed over the years where instead of just getting a five, it's an automatic game misconduct. I don't have a problem with that call being made because of that, but I, I would have been fine with a four. Now, uh, obviously, I don't feel good about Goligoski getting hurt and not passing the concussion protocol. We hope he's okay. That was my only issue with with how it was called was I didn't think what Richie did merited getting ejected from the game. 
So there, done. That's all I have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I, I understand where you're coming on that, and my point is, I, I think it was the right, I think it, this is this is the right from it. They didn't go too far, I mean, they didn't go too far with the five-minute major, and I do think, and I don't think a suspension would be worthy of it. I think this fits what yes, it was. Yes, I'm fine. I'm yes. fine with that. Definitely, I don't think there's any supplemental discipline. Okay, so the Stars had a couple of minutes of penalty kill time at the end of the period. They do a good job. They actually get a chance from Jason Dickinson shorthanded. Then they go into the third couple minutes. I think there's about two and a half carryover, and they immediately get a shorthanded partial breakaway from Matthias Janmark. Oliver Ekman Larson hooks him. If not, he probably would have had a really great A chance. It was still a quality scoring chance, but he draws the penalty. So now it's four on four, and then Jalmerson flips the puck in the crowd, automatic delay of game. So it's four on three, and John Klingberg scores. I thought initially it hit Jamie Benn and went in, but I thought it did too. Apparently, slow mo replay by the off ice guys said it hit the Coyotes forward that was in front of the net with Ben. Okay. So Klingberg gets credit for the goal. So it's a four-on-three power play goal. Now, because of the timing, the Stars still had a five-on-four out of all of yep. this. And Roddick Fox in front from Amiro Haskin and shot. It deflects in. He scores. It's now 3-2 Stars with their third power play goal of the game, which was fabulous because we've been talking about the anemic power play of late. And against a team, by the way, that had led the NHL. The in- number one penalty kill. Yep. Uh, team that I think was a ninth had uh, had the not only did they have uh, the number of penalty kill they came into percentage they also came with the least amount of power play goals allowed all season I think it was right. like 19 all season they've been very stingy yeah. and, and that's part of the reason why they are even within striking distance yes. of a possible playoff spot so then John the third goal which I thought was the I thought the game was over at this point I did three too. goals yeah. in a minute yeah, eleven Yanmark so from Dickinson Como also gets the assist. Another goal from those guys, Como and Yamark both scored in Nashville's third period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good sign. Stars win a game that was tied going into the third period on the road in Nashville, a tough place to play. They then win a game trailing at home going into the third against Arizona. These are the character wins that really bring a team together. I thought that was a really good for me, it was interesting because I thought it was an interesting night for Jason Dickinson. Um, but <laughs> After the first so, yeah. period? Yeah, so he came in, first came back from the hip injury, and he had uh, first came back from a hip injury. He blocks a shot in the first right, missed period. Missed two games Friday, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Blocks a shot, misses. Maybe About 11 first, minutes. Misses, but yeah, remainder of the first period. And it was kind of those where I thought for the first to the middle 20 minutes, if we kind of take a wash of the first period middle 20 minutes he was kind of still it was kind of a little that rusty kind of still feeling it trying to catch up a bit and i thought he was really good in the third period and i thought that was kind of one of those we talk a lot about confidence and stealing something in guys and i think that's the type of goal point for dickinson that can be really big for just you get off the schneid you get back into it and you're not fighting it and you're yeah. not looking for that first point back from injury. I think that's that was a really big just on an individual level for Dickinson. I'll give you that. I, I think so. And look, the stars are a better team with Jason Dickinson right. in the lineup as their current roster is set. I he really can be dynamic and helps with the defense on that line, Cogliano yeah. and Spezza. And yes. Obviously they weren't playing together at that point because they had sort of mixed matched after yeah, some yeah, yeah. power play time. So it was the hodgepodge after the special team play. Yep. It looked like the stars, the floodgates were open, and it was over. Mm-hmm. 2-1 uh, deficit turns into a 4-2 lead in a matter of moments. However, 
Ben Bishop makes a rare mistake behind his net, trying to play a puck and gets caught, and Vinny Henestrosa gets basically an open net tap in. A gift, yeah. And it's not going to change Ben Bishop's style of playing the puck, his decision-making. It just happened, and it, but it does lift the Coyotes. I don't think the Coyotes were going to mail it in. No. They were going to keep going because that's the way they've been playing. But it gives them a lift, and then 61 seconds later, Galchenyuk scores from Nick Cousins. Great pass by Cousins. Bad coverage. Galchenyuk scores. He's a good player. And it's 4-4. And this, Sean, is one of those uh, moments where, once again, we emphasize the difference between the mental strength of Ben Bishop versus some previous Stars goalies before him of being able to reset after a rough minute and one second. Correct. Because uh, it could have turned into a third goal or a fourth goal against it. And not. then it's over and the Stars lose. Yes. Yeah. So it does not. Bishop's able to reset. Make some um, good saves. And then Jim Montgomery goes back to the ace in the hole and puts the top, puts the super line back together. Um and they deliver for the game winner. And this was a real full line effort. Yes. Puck dumped in, Osterly behind the net, pinned to the trapezoid wall by Radulov, who was hard on the forecheck. Jamie Ben comes in, picks up the loose puck, snaps it out in front. Sagan, again, it was the stars, the way this, this line attacked with speed that created the space. If you go back and look at it, you're not going to be thrilled from a Coyotes perspective that you left Tyler Sagan open in front of your net, but it was because of the four-track pressure, puck pressure that Jim Montgomery talks about all the time. And you can't give Tyler Sagan that much open room in front of that. Uh, you know, Kemper tried to take as much as he could. Sagan's going to score that every time. Yeah. He's, he has an elite shot. He had space. Bang, goal. Three games in a row, goals for Sagan. And they win the game 5-4. to four. The penalty on Como late was a penalty. At it was, first, yes. at live speed down low, I was at the back of the lower bowl at that point. I didn't think it, I thought it was a bad call. Watch the replay. He stuck his foot out, tripped him. I think it was, was it, it was uh, Galchenyuk that he tripped? I think, I don't know. But I'll have to look at that again. I, either way, it was... It was on Cousins. Cousins, okay. And it's a penalty. It's a penalty. I didn't think it so on live speed, but it was, which is the opposite of what I thought about the Richie play. Live speed, I went, ooh, that doesn't look good. His helmet, uh, you know, Goligoski's helmet falls off. Yeah. He's lying on the ice. You go, oh, that's not good. Then you watch it and go, oh, this is why he got tripped. But it was it was a penalty. And then and then there was a play where they could have evened it up yeah. as uh, Cogliano got interfered with along the Cogliano Stars bench. Cogliano was great at the final three minutes. Wasn't he? He was And great. he was good. And the Stars bench erupted when they didn't get the call. Mm-hmm. And I thought the officials made a mistake there because they could have made that call. Yeah. But the Stars defend well. Uh, Galchenyuk hits the crossbar mm-hmm. at the beginning of the power play. Yeah. Extra attacker. So it's a six on four at that point. They dodge that, and then Bishop makes a couple great saves. And the Stars really do a nice job of... Uh, fighting it off. Yeah, and you you win. You extend it to five games in a row, and it's different than the other ones, but you've won in different ways. And first time they've won five in a row. And we year. we've talked all about this team having consistency, and at this juncture they're consistent. So whether they can remain consistent, well, that's bigger test. But who knows? Let's go lightning to, round. Lightning round. Let's okay. go. Okay, Joe writes in with Dallas signing Ty Fellhaber, which is a report you made mm-hmm. and broke, but I don't. it's not official. 
right? The team has not announced. The team has not announced yet. So, it's happening. Uh, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah. But he's saying, does Dallas's first-round pick become available because of this signing? I think the answer to that is no. Answer to that is, is a, a is, resounding. I don't no. think it has anything to do yeah. with one of the. I get where his, his thought process is. Hey, they get a guy who's on pace for seventy goals in the OHL. Yeah. So Phil Hopper, let me hold let on. Me, let, okay. and, and so in doing that. Does that mean that you could say, well, we got him so we can afford to give away the first-round pick and we have a process? I don't think that okay. equates. Yeah, now so, tell us the story. So, so Fellhaber's signing has nothing to do, it will have no impact on what the Stars do with this roster at all. Um, Ty Fellhaber is a great, no-risk-at-all signing for Dallas. Right, it's like getting Adam Maskerin, but even maybe an yeah, even higher-prospected player it's, without it's, having it's, to draft Yeah, him. and he's a guy who, Fellhaber is a guy who, he is an overager. Who's playing in the OHL has 53 goals now. 53 goals, goals in 51 games, and he's and he's a guy who is scoring. He's gonna probably be the OHL MVP this year. He's on the best team in the OHL, and he's he had roughly roughly 20 NHL teams interested in him, and all these NHL teams are interested in him because it's a free prospect. Right now, he is not the type of and I've seen people and I, and, and it's one of those things where. It's ex- it's an exciting development for. There's two ways to look at it, and well, you, it's, it's like getting it's, Gavin Bayruth yeah, before. It's, it's an exciting development. Yeah. the free agent signings that you go, wow, this is great. I'm glad they picked him. Uh, that he picked the stars amongst all the others interested. Yeah, and so it's an exciting development in that realm. Where okay, the stars were able to bring him in, and they were able to convince him to come here. Now, just because he's a 20 year old scoring this many goals in a league that has a lot of teenagers and. We don't know if it's going to translate. He could never play in the NHL. I've talked to people who think, some people who think he's going to be more of a 4A player, a guy who could score, who can score in the AHL, but is going to need that right opportunity to make in the NHL. He is not, he, because of the Stars prospect pool, he probably jumps into the top, top 10 prospects they have right now. But this is not like adding a first rounder. I don't want people to think about it that way. This is a no risk signing a no-risk prospect you bring in that has high potential for reward because, because he's what, scoring as a because he's what he's scoring right. so you know what it's 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 like buying a lottery ticket with slightly better odds that's what it is it, and and because of that you don't change your current plan it doesn't change how you handle your first no, round pick it doesn't change a, how you anything he's not a player that's yeah. going to affect the current roster but mm-hmm. it could be the yes. next year or two yes but hey Let's see what happens. It, it yes. also no, it sh- it also should the stars should still consider for the right piece using their first round pick as part of a trade deadline deal move to improve this team. They should yes. I'm not saying they have to, but if it's what it's required to get the player that they feel they can best help the team, they should do it. They should definitely do that. Right. Um, let's move on to Stefan writes. Esselundell has been really physical this year, laying out big hits you wouldn't see by him in the, his first two years. Where did us all of a sudden come from? Polak making an influence here or something? Uh, I think it's just an understanding of a better understanding of where you are in the game and confidence level. It's also a, a progression of experience as yeah. an NHL player. He's always tried to be physical, but he's grown and gotten stronger and become more of a punishing player as and his career And also to be able to throw more hits, you have to be in position to throw more hits. And so part of that is also reading the game better and being in the right spot to to be able to deliver those hits. And that comes with experience and, and reading the game and whatnot. Florian writes, how often does Jamie Ben hear something around, quote, horse manure, he used a different word, from opposing players? Do you think Ben and Sagan get chirped a lot about your article from The Athletic back from the Jim Light's comments? Um, is basically what that question is. I don't know about the... 
I, I don't know about the in-game part of it. I do know that Jordy Ben was chirped about it at one point. <laughs> was he really? I know when the when the Montreal uh, when the Montreal media members were here, one of them was telling me about how they Jordy had told them that they had players talking to him about it. It so, was notable around the NHL. So I don't. I mean, I'm just, I, there's definitely we know there's guys there's guys who have been on the stars before who if you give them that that's the type of arsenal you use. So. And I don't think it's a, and it's the type of thing where I think Jamie Ben's an interesting character with that because we've talked about before how certain teams have said, okay, you don't poke the bear on Jamie Ben, so right? You, don't get him yes. riled up. So maybe it's something where it's intentionally been avoided. I, either way, I'm sure it's happened at some point. Um, if I if we asked Jamie about it, he wouldn't tell us. So Robert I, writes in your favorite, who plays in another game first? Julius Honka or Brett Ritchie? Brett Ritchie. It's easy. He's going to play on Thursday, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to get suspended for that. He'll play in the lineup on Thursday night. The Stars will not change their top six defensemen in the foreseeable future, I don't believe. Unless, and here's the great equalizer. I don't think it'll happen because I don't think Monty's that type of coach. But Lindy Ruff had a rule on the dad's trip everyone played. Ah, uh, that's true. Right. It could so possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. be that they tried to get everyone in for the Arizona game. But how do you mess with what's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that, that's just the one. And I one, like yeah, that rule. Yeah. I think it's cool that everybody has somebody go and they get to see them play. Yeah, and so But well, it's not going to be against Nashville. No, it's not going to be against Nashville. But it's that's that's the one thing where maybe if they you might do that. See. Then you, then you would see Carrick, Honka, and Nachushkin all in the lineup at the same time. That's a big disruption of your yeah of your group. I don't think it'll happen. But I just it's I don't know if there's uh, yeah that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, Billy writes in, hey, how about another one about Yanmark? Because he asked another question earlier that I guess, or we missed. Uh, with his recent play, should the Stars think twice about shopping him around? Also, if you could subtract any two players from the roster and re- replace them with players of equal talent who fit our system better, who would you choose? That is an interesting second question. So what about Yanmark? Is Yanmark something, somebody that you should include in? He's had points now in, what, three straight games? Yeah. Um, another goal tonight, two goals in his last two games, which is the first time he scored in back-to-back games this year. I like where he's trending. I like where he's trending, and I mean, in the if I, you can keep it going. You go, man, and we don't maybe if, need to if make you, such if a big you can move. Keep him without, if you can, if you can make the deal for that real legit top six guy without dealing him great, but if getting the deal done requires trading him, I have no problem with that. That's that's my take on it. Ardell, we appreciate your question. Uh, it's going to take too long, and I, we want to go home. Uh, he wants to know about what Montgomery's like during practice while coaching, what he's like talking to him night in, night out. Seems personal or funny, but there's a lot there. So I'd like to I'd like to gloss over that for now there's, and, it's a and good... ask him to bring it back for a later yes, car yeah. cast because we're both tired. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallup August slash Dr. Dash. Uh, no crazy song this time. What do you all feel about the Stars' most ins- more inspired play during the third period in the last three games? Is it regression to the mean or something that might be sustainable? That's a weird part, second part of the question because that's not – I think the Stars have finally found – some consistency in their game, and that's why we're seeing better play in the third period. Yeah. Which is good. I was saying to you the other day, Sean, that let's not get overly excited about the third period or the the consistency because it's only been a few games. Mm -hmm. But it's now been five games in a row, a little off tonight, but they they were able to bring it back, Mm -hmm. and that's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, Justin writes, who will emerge as our second center, Hintz or Dickinson? Neither. Long run or this year? Long run, neither. Um, this if, here's the question. 
that I will pose a follow-up on this. You have Foxa, Dickinson, Hints, mm-hmm. and Sagan, of course. Yeah. Are you, if you presume that your second line center is not in that group right now, if I have to pick from that group, it's Hens. No, 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 no. But I, if you were, I, I'm saying yeah. we're presuming the Stars either this trade deadline or in the offseason are going to add a piece, uh, add a second line center. Mm-hmm. So that means you have three players for two positions. Yeah. Do you keep all of them with the idea of one on a wing? Or does that mean that one of those is expendable, including Roddick Fox? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's not, it's something where you'd love to obviously keep the guy and everything like that. But I think. I don't think Fox is expendable. I I don't want to get rid of Roddick Fox. I don't want to get rid of Roddick Fox either. Um, however, if it meant landing that right guy, I'd be willing to do the deal. Because um, there's two ways to look at this. One, I think in many ways Jason Dickinson can play the role that Roddick Fox does. I think Fox is – there's a couple – now I'm doing my hands and no one can see because we're audio. But if, if Fox is at this level, Dickinson's at this level, and I don't think Dickinson is – I don't think Dickinson is that By the way, Sean's moving mind. his hands, which do not work well for an audio That's podcast. What I just said. I'm just going to repeat it because I looked at it and went, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. So you're saying much higher with Fox than Hintz. Wait. Or are you no, saying no, no. the opposite? No, I'm saying – I, I forgot where your hands were. <laughs> we're both tired. I was saying that Fox is at this level right now. I think Dickinson in that role is about here. Slightly Again, you're not <laughs> describing where it is. Okay, Fox is at what level, Sean? Now, Honestly, just put it, say he's up to this and these guys are higher or lower. Yeah, okay. So Fox, if we use Fox as the median, I think Fox is a better overall player right now than Dickinson. He brings a little bit more in that role that... That, uh, better shutdown, better shutdown guy. But I think Dickinson, I think Dickinson could fill that role sooner than later. Um, even if he doesn't fill it to the maximum potential that Foxa has, I think that difference is worth is not something that you makes Foxa untouchable. Is there any cause for concern about Dickinson's recent injury history? A hundred percent. Because listen, hundred percent. It's not his fault he's gotten injured. Yeah. It's just it's like Patrick Eves. He's a High risk type player in that regard. Sometimes. He's the type of guy. It's just the type of thing he things find him. He misses the hit. He was out with the hip. He's out with the back. It's just those are the type of injuries that aren't supposed to be happening to a guy in his young twenties. Just it's. So and Fox has been pretty durable. He's very durable. Yeah. So uh, that to me goes. Mm, maybe we should hang on to it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for our questions. Now we have I, I, we had some earlier, and I, I really don't feel like digging back. I think we've done enough. Yeah, and right? to, to everyone who sent questions earlier, we really appreciate it. Yes. Just, just as as far as the one thing, just to keep in mind. They're tricky for, to find. For the future, because of how clogged the Twitter feed gets during a game, it's hard to dig back and find those questions. So while we really love you asking questions and you thinking of them ahead of time, if you right. want to save them and wait for the call for questions, you have a better chance of them getting answered just because it's the nature of because it's hard to find. Because yeah. we're working off one phone and one of us is driving. So. And thank goodness it's not one and the same. Because yeah. that has happened or at least for a little bit until I yelled at Sean to stop. Which is funny because he, in principle, refuses to... It's it's against everything you stand for. It's a, it's a, I've a, caught you doing it it's with rule, me in the car. It's a rule I've readopted. Okay, I found it. It was... Uh, there were two. Okay. Uh, Larson asked about, is Miro having a tough game? Yes, he was. he was. He had a very tough game. By Miro standards. Yes. And then Jordan wants to, oh, this is way too long. 
no pun intended, wants us to explain long-term IR and stars, how the stars don't have any caps. That's that's like a whole car cast. That's uh, the short of it is is that the long-term IR allows you to go over the salary cap by the amount of the player yes. going on long-term IR if they stay on that for the remainder of the season as season ending. Yeah, is that good enough? Yeah, that's good enough. All right. right. Well, we have optional we, skates. Martin Hansel is on the ice tonight. Martin Hansel Jr. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like clickbait right there. That's, that's audio <laughs> podcast clickbait. They're already in. If, if they've made it 36 minutes, there's nothing else to, for them to, to steal to. We've already talked about ice cream. Yep. Yeah, yeah. uh, all right. Well, let's uh, but this. Um, we partied at the Super Bowl together. Um, that's a very loose term. That is a loose term. We didn't go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sean's family and mine got together for the Super Bowl yesterday. So... Uh, we had quite a pile of junk food, mm-hmm. uh, stuff that probably isn't good for the diet. Correct. Favorite par- favorite food of the offerings at uh, House Newkirk. Rife's taco dip was very good. You like that? Yeah, taco like, dip was yeah. really good. I like that too. And by the way, there's like two thirds of it left. <laughs> and the worst part is, is that I know I don't need that much taco dip, but I could sit there and eat mm-hmm. half of it and then go, I regret nothing. Um, Boneless wings were good too. They were good too, but they weren't made. They weren't homemade, so. I no, the taco, taco dip was a was a confection. The brownies were great. Your your rice brownies. Yes. Uh, had one today for lunch too. I actually had that before I ate lunch. <laughs> I did dessert first. There's no problem with that. You are famous for eating out of order. It's it's food. It is food. <laughs> it's however, food. <laughs> however, I like to finish with something sweet. But I tonight or today, <laughs> I went brownie first, then made lunch. It was ready. Ready to eat, right? All right. Episode 59 is in the books. We will not have a car cast for at least two weeks because the Stars will play five straight road games um, at Nashville, at Arizona, bring the moms home, have a practice, then go to the southeast for Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and then, Sean, our next car cast most likely (laughs) – Nashville again, third oh, time wow. yeah. this month. The Preds will play. I think it's what the nineteenth at home. That sounds right. Yes. And there you have it. That's yeah. That's the one thing I'll just rehearse. Oh, on our next car cast, I would like Sean to. Well, no, I'm hoping the Stars will win this game. <laughs> if they lose this game, I would like to give a first-person recount of the Carolina Hurricanes' crazy post-game celebration. The last one they did was Duck Duck Goose. Mm-hmm. Hockey traditionalists in Canada, the pundits up there can't stand this, and I don't get it. It's fun. There's nothing bad about this whatsoever. If you no. don't like it, beat them on the ice. Yep. I love it. I think it's yeah. great. So hopefully the stars don't allow them to have that on ice, but if you're there. Yeah. The one thing I was going to mention, just and you, and you kind of touched on it, but for people who listen who enjoy going to practice and everything like that, while the team is going on a five-game road trip, they will be practicing at home uh, next Monday. Just in Frisco, just for if if that's just put that out there while they're gone, because um, I know a lot of people who listen might like to go to practice. There will be practice next Monday at home. Just put it on your calendar. Oh, by the way, uh, the following Monday at the end of the road trip, they'll come home. President's Day, they're practicing at the Farmers Branch. There's now uh, the naming rights have changed. It's the Children's Health Star Center in Farmers Branch. If you have never seen a Stars practice up close. It's the second best thing to having glass seats at an NHL game is to stand at the glass and watch these guys practice. The size, the speed, the athleticism, that close is just a different experience, and it's great. So if you get a chance, um, I, the kids are out of school. It's President's Day. 
for most school districts is the 18th farmer's branch i re- highly recommend it everyone uh have a wonderful uh evening day whenever you're listening so long everyone <laughs>